When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen and Andy Brant Bernard. We got a bunch of great stuff coming up today. Alex, Andy, Tim Lammers, Kristen Burt. You know what I'm talking about. We'll be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it, and what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you wanna know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're gonna hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you wanna understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you gotta be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Remember a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month, I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. <laughs> By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. We're rocking out. What do you think of that? Works for me. We're Not rocking much. out. Not much, apparently. Don't worry about my feelings. Ah, well, Tim just showed up. Timmy! Hello, hello. What's happening, Pally? Well, I just 
I'm hearing a little echo. Uh, let's see here. Echo. Yeah, I don't know if we can do a whole lot of that. Dim, 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 lamb, 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 lamb. Pace myself. What a good man. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I missed last week because I was hanging out with a bunch of Hollywood big shots. Here we go. Like who? Including one of your recent faves, Adrian Brody. Oh, I love Adrian Brody. How's he doing? Good. I, you know, it's funny deals where you're doing a Zoom thing, and Adrian, no, no, Jason Clark. I'm still dealing with the echo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How we, what can we do about the echo? I, I mean, I can do this. Does that work? Does that work better? Let me talk. Oh, no, yeah, it's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, the I problem is it might ruin the audio for the audience. I don't know. I'll see. Chat people. Let Not me the know chat people. The it'll be on Facebook only. Yeah. Uh, well, some of them listen on Facebook. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was Adrian, um, Jason Clark, and Solomon Hughes who plays the... Uh, pivotal role of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the new series Winning Time. Oh, yeah. The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. And, Tom, you have to see this series. It's not about the NBA. It's not about the today's Lakers. It's about the 1980s Showtime Lakers. Uh, back before uh, all that uh, interference by foreign countries in the uh, – NBA's business. Right. <laughs> no, hey, you know, it, it's disgusting it what was they've entertaining. done. It was entertaining then, man. So so I, I talked with um, him and uh, Brody and, and Clark, Solomon Hughes, and uh, Michael Chiklis plays Red Auerbach. I love him. And um, Sally Field uh, plays um, Jerry Buss's uh, mother. And really? She, and Jerry Buss was the owner of the Lakers, the only person, I talked with 12 different people from the series, but uh, the only one that wasn't available was John C. Riley, who is a terrific interview, and that was a scheduling deal. I don't think he hates me. I, I've talked with him quite a few times before. <laughs> He's one of those good time Charlie kinds of guys, you know? He's just really chummy and very fun, but, you know, the guy's, he's busy, man, so... Yeah, it was cool, but I, I tell you what, I mean, it's so wonderful when you can talk with somebody like Sally Field, and I, I spoke with her for Lincoln uh, a few years ago, and she was wonderful then, but she was. It's, this was cool because it was over Zoom, so you can kind of see reactions and stuff, so that was really cool, so I, I love that because I just adore her, and she's very sweet and very nice, and doesn't have this Hollywood thing going on at all. So right. I, I love that. I love that after, I almost want to say, how many decades in the business? At least four. Maybe she's 75 now. Sally God. Field is. Isn't that amazing? But she's really funny in this series because she's one of these, I don't give a shit, you know, moms of <laughs> tough broad sort of deal that you love, Tom. The, the mom of Jerry Buss. Oh, so yeah. Yep. Really, really funny in the series. So, great series. Check it out. It starts Sunday on Showtime. I've actually seen the first five already. And it's just as much about what goes on off the court as on. So, Adrian Brody plays Pat Riley. Um, which I really didn't know a lot about Pat Riley. I mean, this guy was scraping... You know, he was rubbing coins together. I mean, he was, it wasn't flat broke, but he was a player first, 
and then he started with the Lakers uh, as like a gopher, oh. uh, shooting video for practices and stuff, and then an assistant broadcaster. And then I, I would imagine at some point he escalated to the head coach that, uh, you know, really helped dominate the 80s. And I think he's still involved. I think he's um, like an executive with the Heat, right? President of the Miami Heat. I think so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. It's one of these deals, though. You don't get a, an opportunity to bring up films because the, the, the window is so short. So even if I wanted to, Tommy, I wouldn't have been able to ask you, ask a question of Adrian about Chapel Wave because I know you're a big fan of that show. Yeah, he's, he's terrific. He, he does a great job. Okay, now you're now you're cutting out on your end. So I mean, if it's easier to go with the echo on my end, I can deal with that easier than so, dealing with you cutting out. So I am cutting out right now when I talk. Yes. It's all uh, okay. Cutting up, yeah, like that. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Streamyard really doesn't like our setup. <laughs> well, what are we gonna do? Yeah, Andy, you. No, no. Now both of you guys are coming through fine. So maybe it's just little blips in the system well that's been happening all morning actually to tell you the truth it happened to kqrs too so i don't know oh really yeah well it's either something with something to do with minnesota or you know i don't know it's not cold outside no it's It's not like the lines are freezing up that's what i hear 35 baby weird well what are you gonna do but we're okay now you said right so yeah, we're okay. We're okay. Okay, so, good. Anyway, I wanted to explain my, my I wanted to explain my absence last week because it's rare that a, a day I, I, it takes a whole day to get these things done, but that was pretty much the case last week. So, yeah. But out of all everybody, yeah, Tally Field, Brody was great, but I love Chickless man. God, is he a great actor? He is another yep. one of these guys, man. He's been around for a long, long time. I'm sure you've talked with him a bunch of times. Yep, just a great guy. Just we had him on really, you know. We had him on the morning show for Coyote. I thought that show Coyote was great, or it Coyote is a great whatever. show. And I really hope it comes back. I mean, it's so weird with the pandemic and. You know, the production schedules, I, I would imagine, are all thrown off kilter, were, I should say. Um, and, you know, he probably did it before the pandemic, and now it's a matter of getting them back. And before you know it, there's a couple, you know, couple years between seasons, which kind of makes things difficult when you're trying to pick up on a show and trying to remember just what the hell happened. I mean, I had a little bit of that problem with Ozark, and who really has the time to go back and watch a full season? You don't. It, it's hard enough to get through the season at hand, you know. So, um, yeah, Coyote was great, man. That is kind of a scary series, too, wasn't it? Because he got mixed up with some cartel stuff in that one. He was a Border Patrol agent, right? Right, yeah. Or retired. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's a great actor, man. And, and he's, he is. It's a smaller role as Auerbach. But you're going to love him. He's smoking a cigar in every scene, which oh, is a fake cigar. Auerbach used to do that. real cigars on sets. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Well, in fact, the NBA coach's trophy, coach of the year trophy, is of Auerbach sitting on a bench holding a stogie in his hand. Love and it. And, in fact, in Boston, there's a statue, there's a statue of Auerbach uh, sitting on a bench with the stogie in his hand. So, yeah, that's, that's what he was all about, man. 
Yeah, no question about that. Sounds like one hell of a lineup, man. That's what's it called? Oh, it's called Winning Time. Winning Time. Uh, the rise of the Lakers' destined dynasty, and the and the reason they call it Winning Time was because if they called it Showtime, which was the Showtime Lakers, mm-hmm. you know, with Magic, you know, that and, and Kareem, they were called the Showtime Lakers. They knew that people were going to think it was a Showtime series. Oh, sure, yeah. So they had to retitle it to Winning Time, and uh, yeah, oh my God, there's. I tell you who else I was really impressed with. I I, I only got one question with Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel's in it. He plays Paul Westhead, um, short time coach of the Lakers. Another coach who really doesn't get any credit for the the resurgence of the Lakers. His name was Jack McKinney. And there's this actor named Tracy Letts. If you look him up, he's a playwright, uh, you know, an established playwright, but he's done a lot of acting. I was it, it was so cool talking with a guy like that, man. He, he, this guy's just a genius. And but, you know, he doesn't come off giving you he doesn't give you that vibe at all. So it was really fun to talk with him. And and then, the, you know, the guys that played the players is Solomon Hughes plays uh, Kareem, a newcomer named Quincy Isaiah plays Magic Johnson. And then I don't know if you remember Norm Nixon. Oh, played sure. For the Lakers. His yep. son, Devon Nixon, actually plays him. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, so a lot of fun. And and this is coming from a guy who really pays zero attention to basketball now. I guess it made me realize how much I did really love basketball way back in the day. Yep. Probably more of the high school stuff and the college stuff. But I certainly knew who the Lakers were because my mom used to go to the Minneapolis Lakers games and see George Mikan. So, you know, I kind of think that we can – stake a small claim in the Lakers' success, being that the franchise was here and Minneapolis let him leave at one point. Yeah, no, that's exactly. Well, the guy, what was his name again? The, the guy who owned the team. Oh, I'm damn it. Sure. God, I knew his name for years, but I haven't talked about him so long. I forgot the hell, what the hell his name was. A big businessman, owned the Lakers, did not get very much money for the Lakers either. Well, I suppose at the time it was probably a lot of money. Well, the interesting thing about this series is, um, you know, in 79-80, the league was on the verge of bankruptcy. I mean, nobody was coming to these games. And this whole idea yep. with Jerry Buss coming in, he was this, you know, razzmatazz, you know, uh, let's bring let's bring showbiz to the L.A. Forum. And he wanted to make it an entertainment experience. And so he's largely credited with saving not only the Lakers, but maybe the NBA. So that's what's really interesting. So it doesn't surprise me in the least, even though the Lakers were sold. Um, now, it wasn't Max Winter who owned the Lakers, too, was it? Because I know he owned the Vikings. I'm yeah. trying to think who owned the Lakers. But whoever sold the Lakers, it I doesn't surprise me at all in 1961 that he didn't sell them for a lot of money. Yeah, well, that's true. No, so, you're absolutely right uh, about that. Bob so Short. You're going to find out some real Bob Short. Okay? Yep, that's who it was. You're going to find out some really, really interesting things about the franchise and the behind the scenes back and forth. And Jason Clark plays Jerry West, who that was more or less a, a hate hate relationship with the Lakers. He was a volatile player. He was a volatile coach. And today he doesn't consider him. He doesn't talk about him. 
Um, so, yeah, so you got the deal with Jerry West going on, too. So, you know, these are all players, Tom, that we kn- knew and respected, right? Right. It, you know, so that's that's what's really cool. Uh, and, and then seeing the young uh, Magic and Kareem, you know, it was so cool. I just, I just loved the series so far. So hopefully you will feel the same way. But at least the first episode is going to be on Sunday on HBO Max. Okay, you want that number you were looking for? Because I'll give it to you right now. Oh, God. I'm, my, my jaw's going to hit the floor, man. It is going to hit the floor. Bob Short, who operated the team in Minneapolis for a short time and then moved to Los Angeles, the team was sold to Short and his group in 1957 for $100,000. <laughs> What's that team worth now? How many millions and millions and millions of dollars is that team worth now? Hundreds of millions. It's gotta be. Don't you think? A hundred grand. Oh, my God. The one that got away. Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, these opportunities, who knows? I mean, who really knows? But, uh, you know, my my, uh, late father-in-law, you know, had the opportunity to invest in a company called Subway at one point and pass that one by. So, you know, this stuff happens all the time. Or it's the guy who sells his his stocks in Apple, you know, and it was just Jobs and Wozniak and him or something i forget it was one of those deals where some of these people they get out of it or that that brian dunkelman or whoever the hell he was who walked away from american idol and let it let it all to uh, oh yeah Brian seacrest yep (laughs) Yep. who knows these decisions that we make what is going to pan out and what isn't but god even so a hundred thousand dollars doesn't seem like a lot of money even back in the late 50s early 60s Oh, that—that that is amazing. A hundred grand to Bob Short. He kept the team for three years and moved it to Los Angeles. And you know, that's the way things went, man. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. What, what the hell are you gonna do? But again, we can at least live with the semi pride of knowing that the Minneapolis Lakers won quite a few NBA championships. So. You know, we can't let go of that because God knows we don't get a lot of those uh, league championships in, in these parts, do we? No, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Uh, by the way, uh, God, I can't take it. This can't be right. <laughs> what is happening? Uh, the value of the Minneapolis Lakers two years, or excuse me, Minneapolis Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers two years ago. Okay. okay. Apparently, it was sold in 1957 for $100,000, and now the team today is worth, uh, let's see, i got to make sure I get this right. Half a billion? $4.4 billion. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a pretty good investment. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much, I'm trying to think how much the buses paid for it, because he bought it. Yeah. And they, this is—I don't want to spoil any of the, the the fun stuff because it's fun to look back at now the way he put this deal together, um, and he, he basically bought it with money he didn't have, you know. Yeah, in, sure. In, in in basic terms, um, you know, various real estate transactions and and stuff like that. Right. You know, he gave Jack uh, Kent Cook uh, real estate, so I'm sure Jack Kent Cook who knew what the hell he was doing, did just fine. 
because he oh, owned yeah. other major league, uh, you know, franchises, hockey franchises, uh, maybe even did Jack Kent Cook? Did he own the the, the former uh, Redskins or not? I don't know. I believe that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I you know, see, so that's what's what's cool about series like this. You know, you think that it's going to be all courtside stuff and on the court and all that. No, no, no. You really learn a lot about. Um, when entertainment is, is really good like that, yeah. where you, they don't we, you know, wag a finger and, and, and try to educate you, but, you know, just the subtle way that they, they, they inform you, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, to me, that's fascinating. It's fascinating to me. I think, and again, that fascination comes from the fact that, you know, this team once played in Minneapolis. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's not. So, I don't think I've ever purchased anything for a hundred grand and then sold it for four point four billion. <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> well, I'm sure the Cook family—they're kicking themselves in the ass. Oh too, God, because, yes. Again, you know, with the league in peril at the time, he probably thought, you know what, it's probably good to dump this sucker. Yeah. Now that again was 1980s, and so now we're talking four decades ago. Yep. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty interesting stuff. So. Is there anything on the um, the uh, Brant Bernard watch list that I should know of? Oh, you mean like TV shows or movies or anything yes, like that? Yes, yes. Actually, Catherine just opened the door and <clears throat> nodded at me. Um, <laughs> uh, I, th- nah, she, I don't know. She's been watching a couple of new things. I've obviously been watching Castle White, which we really, really like. Uh, there, there are a couple of different things. Uh, are there any... One thing I did notice with streaming services is that there are a lot of crime dramas on streaming services. My God, there are tons of them. Is it? um, I'm just curious because I know Mike Bryant finally finished uh, Mayor of Kingstown and liked it a lot. Right, he did. And did you get to the end of it yet? I did not. Did you finish it? I did not. Okay. I mean, it, it... it gets if you think you've seen a lot now, it amps it up a lot. Really, going into those final episodes, yeah. And I think, in a way, and this is just me talking from a standpoint of uh, one of these guys who likes to see the bad guys get what's coming to them, sort of people, right? Um, <laughs> I think maybe that's a pressure valve sort of thing with those sorts of crime dramas on TV, where you really do. You know, there's none of this futzing around with law and order and people are getting that sort of justice that maybe they would like to see <laughs> happen in real life uh, on these shows. And maybe that's why they're popular. I don't know. That's just me guessing. But you have to admit, I mean, seeing Jeremy Renner just kicking serious ass. Oh, really? In Mayor of Kingstown. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. He's good. He's really good. Oh, he is really good. And I, I'm, I'm really, a, I've always been a fan of his. I mean, he's done some interesting stuff over the years. In fact, um, I've interviewed him a couple times, but the first time he was a complete nobody. And he played a movie that, in a movie that, the title role in a movie nobody's seen called Dahmer. He starred as Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh yeah, yeah. In this movie again that nobody probably has seen, and I and I interviewed him, and so that's what's kind of fun when you talk with people that are at the very very beginning of their careers, 
and and they do something like that and then they you know they end up in 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 the marvel universe and mayor of kingstown and there was another great role that he had in a movie called the town with ben affleck right where they yep. were uh, yep. bank robbers <laughs> Yeah, so that was that a good was movie. Cool. That was a good movie. And and so I've I've always been impressed with him, you know. And 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 in one, you know, way that I can judge him is just that the fact that he is really that same guy now that he was when he was doing Dahmer. You know, it's really nice to see how the business doesn't change certain people because God knows it changes a lot of people. Um but certainly with Jeremy Renner it it, it did not and uh he really puts everything in every every role he has. So I, I really like the guy. I like it. We got to take a quick break. Be right back with Timmy Lammers, Andy, Alex, the whole shooting match. Up next. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they were referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender the 2022 bloomington boat show is here and going on now get out of the cold and into a 25,000 square foot heated showroom at dan southside marine a huge inventory of boats means the best deals of the year over 60 boats on display from premier avalon berkshire alumacraft and more explore what's new for 2022 at the Bloomington Boat Show at Dan Southside Marine. Six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Visit BloomingtonBoatShow.com. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Uh-oh. Sing along, Tim. Come on, tell us. I want to set my soul on fire. See? Soul on fire. There you go, baby. I love it. I love it so much. It is wonderful. Little pretzel. You always need some Elvis Presley, don't you? You do. And, you know, honestly, I do feel blessed, you know, growing up in the time that I did because yep. I'm the youngest of four boys. And uh, so, you know, I got a couple brothers that were uh, born in the in the 50s. Um, so they, you know, they grew up loving the king, you know, um, probably more than the Beatles. And so, you know, when we had our record player in the house, you know, and and my brother would buy singles and stuff. And, 
you know, I, I grew up with the King. I mean, I love the King. Sure. And yes, indeed, I do remember exactly where I was at and who told me that the King died uh, in 1977. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, Baz Luhrmann's doing uh, this Elvis Presley movie. It's coming out in June with Tom <coughs> Hanks's Colonel Tom. No, Colonel. It's Par- Colonel Parker. Is that Colonel Tom Parker? Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I, I, you know, we we really were lucky to grow up in a time. Oh yeah. You know, with the with the King and the in the Beatles, and the interesting thing about uh, Elvis is my wife loved him too, and and uh, uh, and the only reason I say right, she still loves him. I mean, she sees videos and she loves him. That, you know, but since he's no longer with us, but she passed on a ticket. Uh, to go to see him in, in concert. Oh, did she really? And really, uh, really regrets it. We saw You him. know, and I don't know if anybody went. They were, were maybe going to go, and they thought, you know, because at that time Elvis was, you know, he was the the uh, the late Elvis. You mean know? the heavier <laughs> the, Elvis. The heavier king with the, the giant, you know, the jumpsuits. Yeah, yeah, the giant and, jumpsuit. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, by that time, you know, he, he had become sort of a punchline. Um, so it's unfortunate, you know, but, when you have an opportunity like that and you pass them by much in the same way that I have had, you know, a couple of my dad's friends, or at least one I know of, uh, missed a chance. He, oh, he wanted to go to the Beatles at Met stadium, oh, sure. but he couldn't find a ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll happen. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but I know Alex's uh, father-in-law was there, right? Where was he? At the at Met Stadium for the Beatles concert. The yes, Beatles. he was. He did. He did. Yeah, um, security. Yep. And he snuck them out of Met Stadium. Yeah. How great is that? Did they say, "Hey, thanks for putting us in the laundry basket"? <laughs> Put them in the laundry basket. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the entire story, but it is a really cool story. It is. It's a great story. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. So. Oh. Yeah, when those opportunities come and go, man. I mean, it's it, it's. But again, it's it's one of these who knows sorts of things. It's much in the same way I sold tickets to Queen with Freddie twice, not once but twice. Didn't you know? man, didn't so, manage to get there. Didn't manage to get there either time, and it's like, what the hell was I thinking? But you know, you're in high school, and you're thinking, oh yeah, they'll be coming back. You know. No, I have a question <laughs> then, for you. Then they up and and they they go to the. They go to rock and roll heaven, baby. Yeah, they do. Was that concert your your? You said it was your wife missed it. The Elvis. Yeah, one? my wife missed Elvis, and I sold two t- t- tickets to Queen with Freddie Mercury twice. There you go. Now the one that she missed was it the one at the St. Paul Civic Center? I think it probably was. It might have been the last one that he did. Did that you go was to it. that one? Yep, we were at. That was the only time I ever saw him was at the Civic Center. My mother wanted to go. So my sister Vicky and my brother-in-law Jerry and my mom and I went. I can't remember if anybody else went, but I tell you what, it was at the very end of his life. He died shortly thereafter. I think it was like 1971 or something like that. 72, maybe. Didn't he die in 72? August of 72? Well, I thought he died in 77, didn't he? Oh, did he? Was it 77? Yeah, at first I was thinking 77. Yep, 77. August 16, oh, okay. 77. So, th- so this was probably 1976 then. That's mm. what I'm thinking. A year before he died, because he wow, well, might even have been 77. Because it was, I don't remember the exact date, but 
he worked his ass off. I tell you, he was he was carrying carrying some extra weight. There's no doubt about it. But he worked very very hard. Well, he's only what 42 when he died, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't very old. I know that. But yes, he was. Really glad I got to see him once before he died. Did I ever tell you a story? My Steve Hatley story about Elvis. No. Tell your wife this. She will love it. So WHBQ in Memphis. It's a very it's a legendary radio station in Memphis, Tennessee. Not too far from Graceland. Old Pretzel used to hang out there. He would come into the radio station to meet his buddies and hang out there and all the rest of it. And Steve Hatley started working at WHBQ in Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he's standing out in front of the station one day, and here comes this motorcycle. Pulls up to the station, really snazzy, classy motorcycle, you know, the whole shooting match. The guy pulls up, takes his helmet off, and it's Elvis Presley. <laughs> and Hatley looks at him. He says, uh, Mr. Presley, he goes, yeah, yeah, what's up? He said, man, I just want to tell you, that's one of the most beautiful motorcycles I've ever seen. Elvis gave him the motorcycle. Oh. <laughs> How great is that? You know, it, it, that's so great. When yep. you hear stories like that. I mean, these guys were so generous, you know, yep. coming from humble beginnings like he did. I mean that I love stories like that. Well, you for know, Elvis, people want to dredge up all the negative stuff. Right. You know what? Yep, they do. For Elvis, giving away a motorcycle is probably like giving five dollars to someone to us. He still gave it. So to him. I mean, there's that. God, how much was he worth at his peak? Um, his, his peak was unfortunately after he died. Because well, yeah, he, I suppose like his peak. His peak, he was not worth that much money. He had at the time of his death, he was worth twenty million dollars. That's so. all. $20 million, I'd take it. Well, I know that, but for Elvis, only $20 million is Oh, not at this much. point, yeah, he's worth like, uh, well, he's had a billion dollars in sales, or no, a billion sales. Oh. So that's <laughs> what, probably $20, $30 billion. Probably, so, yeah. Yeah, he uh, made most of his money in the recent years. After he died, he made most of his money. That's I, how a lot of artists are, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it, but yeah, that's a, those are great stories, Tim. I always like hearing those stories because it reminds me of you know the, like the Hatley story and going to St. Paul Civic Center and all that stuff. It just really terrific. And I do remember when he died. So it was August sixteenth, nineteen seventy-seven. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe that's right. But uh, I was sitting there watching TV with my mother, and my mother was a huge Elvis mm. fan. Right? We're watching TV, and they break in. Breaking news from Channel 5, ladies and gentlemen. It's been reported Elvis Presley has been found dead. My mm. mother started bawling like a little baby. I will mm. never forget it. She just fell apart. But what a great deal that she did get to see him. And, and you got yeah. to see the king with her. I know. It was, it was cool phenomenal. Is that? It's the greatest. You're, all, you're absolutely right. I'm a very lucky guy that that happened. Yeah, you know, I only went. I only had the opportunity to take my mom to one concert, and uh, that was Billy Joel. And oh. my God, how much! Because she liked Billy. Because you know, when you're a kid, you're playing it all the time, and sure, she wasn't one of those to yell at me to turn it down. She loved Billy, so uh, you know, I'll never forget uh, Billy doing his encore. It was that that first crappy concert at Target Center where the sound was just totally out of whack, but you know, it was still good enough, and. And, you know, swaying back and forth, my mom's sitting next to me, my wife's on my other side, and we're going back and forth, arms around each other, swaying back and forth, singing piano, man. So uh, that was so cool. What a memory that was. Yeah, so, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, to take your mom, you know, it, it's kind of weird because y- your mom, all of a sudden you feel like, oh, God, we're on the same page. We actually have this understanding of stuff. 
that generally parents and kids don't meet that often. Right. Now, Alex, yeah. Alex is rare because she loves the Beatles, right, Alex? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I but, do. But, you know, it really, and, and you know, I, I've been fortunate in that, you know, my, all my kids know who, who the Beatles are and who the King is. And, you know, I, I often play, it's, it's weird. I know it sounds weird, but one of the favorite things I watch, like to watch on TV are YouTube videos. And, and oftentimes um, of old artists like that. And, and Tommy, last week I mentioned Ricky Nelson to you. Sure. Uh, you know, just watching what a handsome son bitch that guy was, right? Oh, you should have seen him watching in person. Him, oh, God. And, and watching him sing Lonesome Town. Oh yeah, great song! Holy God! And he and there was another. I, I he sang one of them with the Jordanaires, um, and so you know it's like these videos. It's all this algorithm stuff that I don't understand. But they one video leads to the next. So if you see the King uh, with the Jordanaires on the Ed Sullivan show, all of a sudden the Jordanaires a pop up with Ricky Nelson singing "Lonesome Town." That's you know? great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so uh, you know almost daily. I just pull up old music, whether it be Elvis, the Beatles, Ricky Nelson in this case. You know, and you don't know why this stuff suddenly pops up in your head one day, and then all of a sudden you're seeking the stuff out and you're watching it. So, yeah, that's really cool. But, man, to think that Ricky Nelson was only 44 or 45 when he passed away, yeah, tragically crash. passed away, yeah. Oh, Died in a plane a crash, loss. I believe. Yes. Yes, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Catherine. A lot of those musicians back then died in plane crashes. Oh, Leonard Skinner. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. You're right. You are correct, sir. The um, Jim, Jim Croce. Jim Croce, Croce. yeah. Didn't yeah. Buddy Holly die in a plane crash? Yep, he yeah. died in a plane crash, too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I guess planes weren't so great back then. <laughs> uh, I will tell you, like you mentioned earlier, Tim, I look back at all these things. Like this morning, Scott Shannon, legendary radio legend Scott Shannon called in. He was at WPLG the last uh, P- WPLJ the last. Uh, he was worked. He worked the same company I did, but he's the one who started Z100 in New York. And just to talk to my old friend, I haven't. I haven't seen him. I've talked to him, but I haven't seen him in about 36 years. Because the last time I saw him was just a couple of days before I found out we we're going to move back to Minneapolis because Andy was on his way. So yeah, we found out we we're going to mm-hmm. have a baby and we moved back. But Scotch in it. And then you talk about. You know, I have a great memory. It was at the old Guthrie, not the new Guthrie Theater, but the old Guthrie Theater. And uh, uh, meeting Ricky Nelson backstage and talking, you could not find a nicer, Mm. kinder, more gentle man than Ricky Nelson. Just a great guy. Isn't that sad? Seemed like a real laid-back guy. Was was he a laid-back? Very laid-back. Very humble. And, uh, you know... You know, yeah, it, it is really sad. And But you know what? I mean, all of this stuff when you're talking about talking with old friends and, and things, you know, yep. I, I, I like to think. I mean, yes, I bitch sometimes. A lot of times I bitch yeah, on this sure. show about different things. But, you know, for the most part, I, I like to think that I'm a positive person and I like to live my life as, you know, the power of positive mm-hmm. thinking and all that stuff. And why the hell wouldn't I? I mean... People, you know, you and I and, you know, so many people we know, we've been so entirely blessed with all these very, very extraordinary. We're like Forrest Gump, Tommy, you know, with the with the encounters that we have with 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 these legends and icons and stuff. It is so cool. So why would anybody be angry at all about anything? It's yeah. like you can't help but be positive because it's been really 
a crazy, crazy trip, man. I mean, that's that's for certain. So, yeah, and, it, and it's really, you know, it's heartening to hear stories about people like Elvis, you know, giving away some, giving some guy a cycle and, and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I just love that kind of stuff because you really do see how human yep. a lot of these people were. Uh, you know, today you just don't know anymore, do you? Because everything seems to be, everything seems to be, uh, we need to document this on our YouTube or or our, or our Twitter or our Instagram or whatever. Yep. So you don't know you don't know what the hell is real anymore. So, yeah, yeah. You know, another nice guy. I, I have to bring him up quickly because I, this is a recommendation on Hulu for you, Tom. Okay. It's a movie. It's about an hour and a half long. Dennis Haysbert. Um, he is in a movie called No Exit. No Exit. And, okay. Yeah, and it's it's a, a crime thriller. Again, a crime thriller. Uh, check it out. It's it's you know it can, you know a lot of these things. It gets to be a lot of BS towards the end. So you kind of accept that it it mm-hmm. needs to be. I mean, uh, just to make things more entertaining. But God, Dennis Haysbert's got such of a presence in this thing. I really like he, him. Yep, he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely put that one on on your list because man, it, 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 you know it's just one of these things you really don't expect. There's really nobody in there apart from him that you really know. But with Dennis Haysbert, that's all you need, man, because yeah. are, you, are, are you in good hands? I don't even want to attempt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he State says Farm. That's <laughs> so, Allstate. Yeah. yeah, he does Allstate's commercials, right? Uh, yes. Yes, he does. You're in good and hands with great, Allstate. He was great as President David Palmer in yep. 24. Yep. Uh, another kick-ass show, man, where people were kicking ass, baby. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, I understand completely. So I didn't want to bring it up because I hate to even look at headlines. So what the hell is the deal with Ukraine today? Well, um, diplomats walk out during speech by Russia's Lavrov. So they're walking out. I got to believe. Well, they're still they they met for five hours yesterday to agree to get together for and talk. So I got to talk for five hours. Talk about getting together to talk. I don't really understand. Well, I don't understand either because you read one headline like that and it gives you hope. And then yeah. the next headline says Putin sends assassins after Zelensky or whatever. Right, you know. right. You know, is it Zelensky? Is that it? Begins yeah, it's Zelensky. Yeah, it's Zelensky. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, Jesus. When are they going to have a, a coup or something, man? I don't know. Well, here <laughs> you, know? you go. Here's the latest. Russian forces stepped up their attacks on crowded urban areas Tuesday, bombarding the central square in Ukraine's second biggest city in Kiev's main TV tower in what Ukraine's president called a blatant campaign of terror. Ukraine's president, and I quote, nobody will forgive, nobody will forget. I just hope the guy doesn't go, even with the small nukes, man. We do not need nukes. That That's a really bad call. Well, and again, I'm wondering, and I think a lot of people are wondering the same thing. Uh, you know, whether it be President Biden or any other president in history, you just don't. Yeah, maybe they have the football with you at all times, mm-hmm. but you're not the only one that presses the button. There's right. got to be other people. There's got to be safeguards in place for people that go off the deep end, you know, whether it be a, a leader of, of, of the, our country or another country. You would hope that there are safeguards in place with, uh, you know, Russian officials to say, hey, man, this guy, we. We're not doing it. 
we're just not generals or whatever. I mean, whoever the hell, there's got to be, you just can't say, oh, here's what's this button for? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Just one button, you know? So that's what, I, I don't know if anybody really has answered that question for me yet, but I, I, I want to find out because you don't want to see this stuff happening. No, it's true. Not, we only got about five minutes left, four minutes left, so I want to run the uh, Richard Gindon died. Richard Gindon, quirky and satirical former Star Tribune cartoonist, dies at 86 years old. I cannot believe, first of all, that Gindon was 86 years old. My God, that time flew by. Do you remember uh, Gindon? The cartoons and the Star Tribune. You know, I, I, I probably do, and it's funny you bring this up because my wife and I had a conversation. At one point, the Minneapolis Star and the Minneapolis Tribune were separate, and, yep. and we thought, well, which one was the more prominent one? And I thought it was the Star, but it was actually the Tribune. But, yeah, I mean, look, I, I grew up, you know, reading all, you know, the comic section, you know, in the in the newspaper, but probably the political cartoons as well. So I'm sure. I did. I mean, I honestly, I can't name you one political cartoonist either now or then. Well, you got Sack. You know Sack, don't you? Well, he's in the Star Tribune now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, again, you know, it's the sort of thing where you probably look at the cartoon, but you don't look at the signature at the bottom. Sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, but you're right. I mean, 86 years old. I mean, it's, it's really crazy to think that. And, uh, you know, I think that guys like Harrison Ford are going on 80 and, uh, and, and people like Sally Field being, you know, 75. I mean, it's, it's, it right. really is crazy how time is flying so fast by us. And next thing you know, it's somebody like Gindon dies and, and he's 85. And you think, my God, you know, I know. No, you're absolutely right about that. But Gindon, yeah, he was a he, he he didn't get into politics. He got into politics some, but he was more of a satire kind of guy, mm-hmm. uh, doing mm-hmm. really really interesting stuff. I didn't know he retired from the Detroit Free Press because he left Star Tribune and went to Detroit Free Press. He retired from there 17 years ago. So when he was what 69 years old, he retired. Sure. Well, and he got out at the right time. But was he also was he syndicated at all? Because oh, a lot yeah. of these yep. guys get syndicated. Yeah, so. he would. He definitely was. He was very, very big. They uh, wrote a TV series that was twice optioned but never produced in the late 1970s. A western spoof called "We Gotta Get Out." We gotta get out of here about mm-hmm. a Jewish family in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> See now that's funny. <laughs> a yeah. Jewish family. We gotta get out of here. A Jewish family in Nebraska. Works but, for you know, me, talk man. about a talk about an occupation that really, really has to be on its last legs. I mean, yeah, oh, journalists God, can yes. write, oh, write yeah. for online, but on the wild, wild west of the, the interweb, how the hell are you supposed to make a cartoon stand? <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that's that's that was a staple for a newspaper, but. You know, at what point is the Star Tribune going to go all digital? You know, I mean, yeah. we know it's common. Maybe within the next ten years, the Star, the, the uh, um, Pioneer Press, I think, exists in name, but basically they're owned by the Star Tribune, aren't they? So I mean, they've been swallowed whole; they're yeah, gone. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You wonder, uh, you got to be damn good or have the right connections or whatever to to make a living as a as a satirist or a, you know a cartoonist for a, a newspaper now. 
So, yeah, what, what an interesting occupation. I really love the fact that uh, Sushere and Royce did a show on, on 1500 KSTP for a long time. And at the beginning, Pat Royce was at the Pioneer Press and Joe Sushere was at the Star Tribune. Then all of a sudden, Joe Sushere went to the Pioneer Press and Pat Royce went to the Star Tribune. <laughs> that was really weird. That was a weird deal. So have so so can you pick up a, a copy of the? This is shameful that I'm saying this, but can, can you pick up a copy of the Pioneer Press? God, I have, I have, are they even separate? I mean, because you know, you they're two different URLs if you want to go look for yeah, them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I actually think both have paywalls now. If you know, so I mean, it's. Uh, I know the Pioneer Press, but they've always they've existed as TwinCities.com for a long, long yeah, time. And it yep. wasn't even Pioneer Press, right? Probably because somebody else owned the uh, the web address or something. Yes, I'm sure. Wanted too yeah. much money for it. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, man. Even the paper I was an editor for, the Howard Lake Herald, is now the Howard Lake Waverly Winston Lester Prairie Potato. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all. I'm not kidding you, Tom. They're all in in the masthead, I think. Yeah. I think it's like four or five cities in it. But I, I will say, and and uh, I I, uh, I learned a lot from this guy. His name is Dale Kovar. I don't know his wife. I know listens to the KQ Morning Show, but I love her. One of the best. Yes, you do. And one of the best uh, guys. You know, you talk about great mentors in your life. I mean, I had Bill Carlson, and I had Dale Kovar. I mean, right. he really taught me a lot about writing in the newspaper business. And uh, so, yeah, man, it, I, you know, I feel fortunate to, to have had those opportunities because it really did help shape my life and my career, you know. So I and, then, understand. and then, of course, you guys take on this dopey movie guy on the KQ Morning Show and the Tom Bernard podcast. So I'm very grateful for that as well. Well, you are a dopey movie guy. That's very true. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I am a dopey ass movie guy, but I do appreciate you did give me a shout out, I think, yesterday for for. Uh, you know, talking about anybody can be a critic now, but you're sticking with me. So you I, got I, it, I, homie. Hey, ho- hey, uh, to, to quote Randy Moss, hey, homeboy, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Timmy, we'll talk to you on Thursday, correct? Yes, Thursday, and I will be reviewing The Batman. The Batman. So there All you right, go, Bella. baby. Good show All today. Right. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Talk to you soon. Everybody have a great week. You, you too, Pally. All right. We'll be back second hour in Kristen Burt right after this.